please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Yo, yo, this is Corey. It's Martin the Mel, man. It's Jesse T. And I'm Young Leezy. Yo, Kind of Movie Critics, man. We so bad. Guess who's biz at? From the dead. He already talking about nigga shit with Corey. And that you were talking. I was that shit. Talking that n-word shit, man. Yeah, yeah, man. We're a pro n-word password. We're a pro n-word podcast. Yeah, very, very pro. I'm yeah, I'm pro n-word in life all day. As I said, I. I said nigga in church like three times. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you gotta say nigga. It's the I only mean, word that fits. Listen, they didn't well, say you can't Bill say Maher it in the Bible. Probably disagree. Oh, well, Ooh, yeah, Bill Maher kind of wild. Oh yeah. What what is no. just Bill Maher doesn't have a he doesn't have a Jeep. Wow, he doesn't have a Jeep pass though. <laughs> right. So I don't it's know a, what made him think he did. It was an unnecessary joke too. Like yeah. He could have like you could see him pause and be like, "Should I do it or should I not do it?" And then he did it. And then he did. So what exactly did he do? Because I missed it. It was like the Republican congressman guy. He was saying working in the field. He was kind of making it sound like slave terminology. And then oh, Bill Maher just kind of threw that joke. Kind of slam dunked it. Yeah, I feel like just the way they kind of played it up in the media made it seem a lot worse than it actually was. Because no, they I took was the fucking episode bad. Down. Like I didn't. I didn't. Did you watch the whole episode? I watched the whole episode. Mm. I um. I actually heard about it to group me, and I was like, mm. what the hell did he do? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't take it as a racial story. I just it, took it as a, un, a tasteless joke. Yeah, it seemed like more of a tasteless Pretty much, joke. So, we talked about it's accessible language. Well, I was about to say, as Lizzie says, he's not ex- he, that's not accessible language it's to him. It's not as accessible language to him, and he fucking knows it. So, like, he just, it, it's, it is a racial thing. You can't be white and say nigga. Right. It's a problem. And he knows that. You, you sure Bill Martin? He's been he's banged a couple black Jones, bro. So Since it's like, when does fucking a black person make you not racist? So did Thomas Jefferson. I'm just saying. That's true. Okay. I mean, so it's not accessible to him. I've heard Corey say nigga a few times. Just oh, yeah. before, just to, <laughs> just to put it out there. Okay, first, no, of, all, first of all, let's not let's no, not do that. You have let's it. not do that. I have not heard Corey say nigga. I have heard him say ninja. He fake says nigga, but he doesn't he doesn't say it for real. I, mean, I, 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 I take Corey. ninja. I take ninja from Corey. It's and it's usually I know Corey too. I'm just saying. But I've known Corey though. Yeah, I mean you've known no. him longer. Don't do that. You, like he got the evil villain laugh popping over there. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do no, that to Corey. I, don't do I've that because people to be, listen and they think I that I'm racist. You better, you better get so death I racist. want to try okay. to reduce Corey's listeners. If anybody thinks Corey's racist, you're a fucking dummy. I'm just going, <laughs> let me just go ahead and set that up. These right These are just now. jokes. These are completely jokes. Um. So anyway, guys, man. Um. Speaking to the listeners, sorry we were gone for so long, but uh, um, we were moving studios, so that's that. Uh. And What's, we're in the new space. And we're in the new studio On space. On your network. We yeah. here. What's up, man? Y'all want to get into this Dear White People or not? Nah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, what we're here that's for. That's we're here. Oh, well, yeah. I just didn't know if y'all wanted to talk about anything else before we got into it. So, Dear Corey. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. So, for anybody who doesn't know what uh, the show Dear White People on Netflix, it, it's an extension of uh, Justin Simeon's Dear White People f- film that came out, what, 2015? 14. 14? And, um... It basically what deals with it just deals with the perspective of like different perspectives of one particular issue and multiple issues that happen on, I guess, a PWI campus. It's supposed to be a, a Ivy League PWI. It's supposed to be like a micro look at racism right. on a macro level, I guess. But 
a micro look on a macro level. No, it's a it's a micro look at how racism functions on a macro level. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's fair to say. Um, there's a I guess a a wide range of characters that are supposed to be representations of different people's thought processes or whatever the case may be. I feel I feel like it's about them like four different characters trying to understand like to themselves kind of what it means to be black and then in this kind of white landscape what kind of pressures and stuff it's pretty much a parallel society but like kind of like Shalice was saying it's kind of like a macro kind of look at that you right. know just focusing on the the college world college right. experience right come through Corey with your announcer voice <clears throat> so the synopsis is at a predominantly white Ivy League college a diverse group of students navigate various forms of racial and other types of discrimination Ooh. that sounds very saucy Extremely saucy. So, um, how how would you guys say? Oh, Corey, I think we've established you're the only person here that hadn't seen Dear White People the movie, right? Yes, I have not seen. Okay. The movie. So, for everybody who's seen Dear White People the movie, how do you guys? How do you feel like the the show is different from the film? Mm-hmm. To me, even even some of the characters who came back to with the same actors, like the show, did a really good job of fleshing out those characters and making them whole people in a way that they weren't in the movie. And some of the people that some of the characters, especially like Coco and um, can't even think right now. Who? Uh, what? Sam? No, not Sam. Um, Troy was Troy. the same actor. Troy. Coco, Troy, Coco, yeah. Coco, oh, Coco and Troy. Coco and Troy and Reggie also. All three of them to me were more likable. Okay. than they were in the movie in the film yeah huh. yeah i feel yeah i feel like i mean we got a chance to sit with these people a lot longer that's like the obvious answer and so we got a little bit more to like their journey we we got a, a lot more arc a lot more empathy for like their perspectives i feel like that's the biggest thing is the movie was good but it just kind of hit like a quick punch went off and that was that you know what i'm saying well in the movie too i feel like with the exception of um sam when she was played by Tessa Thompson mm. and Lionel when he was played by what's his name? Tyler, Tyler James. Tyler, yeah, Tyler James. They they felt like whole people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody else felt like they lived around them. Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Agree. So yeah. Yeah, the, the, you know what's funny is it, we were talking about the, you know, which characters uh reprised from the film that were in the movie and i i completely forgot about reggie's character in the movie that's mm-hmm. the crazy part like he was very much yeah. like cliche and a caricature of what a black revolutionary is yeah and he was he was trying to fuck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what line. it was i mean you know i would too but you know that's a whole I mean, different tessa thompson yeah it's tessa thompson mm-hmm. you can't really go wrong with that so uh martin any any how did oh. the movie differ from the tv show to you I, well, they they change around like it's weird because the movie is kind of like a prequel, mm-hmm. but they change around like certain like motivations and stuff. Like in the movie, I think Troy wants to be like a comedy writer, mm-hmm. but his dad is trying to force him into like this politician role. Um, I actually like Sam more in the movie than I do in the show. And same, I, same. I actually like, but I like um, Lionel better in the show than I do in the movie. I didn't really like Tyler James's Lionel that much. Yeah, I didn't connect with that character too much. I didn't mm. like Tyler James as Lionel, but in terms of the writing, I felt like in the movie he was still a whole person. But I agree with you. I yeah. like this actor much better. Yeah, but I get they flesh it out way more. Like mm-hmm. his sexuality is like way more fleshed out in the show than it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's it's kind of ambiguous until the end where like he kisses the uh, the um. 
news guy or whatever. Yeah. Well, in the movie or the, the well, yeah, TV he, show? He, he makes out with him at the party, right? Or he kind of kisses party. him to freak yeah. him out. Well, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a different guy he makes out with at the party. At right? the, in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about the show. Oh, okay. yeah, we're talking about the show now. Right. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I, I, honestly, the movie is just like a, a breeze to me. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it kind of no, came and went. Is the movie the same kind of abstract, exaggerated, quick witty, dialogue-y kind oh, of thing? Oh, it's very like it's quick dialogue. Same style. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. the same style mm-hmm. as this TV show. I actually okay. think Tessa is like way better at like delivering those like quick like lines. Mm-hmm. And she, she delivers them much more like dry. They're not as obvious, and they're mm-hmm. way more subtle. And Tessa played Sam, correct? Yeah. yeah. So Sam White. Sam White. She's the, for anybody who, you know, maybe hasn't seen the show, she's like the main character who has this uh, radio show on the campus called Dear White People, where she addresses things that maybe white people don't know about black culture, but she does it sort of in a, uh, like a conversation. Yeah, satirical, conversational tone, I guess. And, and She's reading. She's reading white people on that campus for yeah. filth. That's what's happening. Exactly. But also, too, it, it felt like the radio show wasn't really a big part of the TV show. I, I didn't... Was in the movie, was there the a heavy emphasis on, like, what white people need to know or not know or do or not well, do? Versus, I guess... like, the show was kind of, like, more of a venting thing and like we didn't see much of the radio show i guess opinion. in the movie it's like the radio show the radio station is played on campus like 24 7 mm-hmm. so it's like you'll just hear like the show come on and white people get like the the scrunched up face like when they're being <laughs> read and stuff so it's like literally everybody in the campus is, mm-hmm. has to hear it right okay mm-hmm. but it, it i would say in terms of its presence in the movie it's about the same okay all right so like what did 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 the radio have more literal? I, I get it, dear white people. It, it's not really the the radio show, you know, but it's more of the whole movie or the TV. But like, was there things that basically dear white? What what was what were you saying to white people? You the know, same it, kind of shit she's saying. Okay, yeah, just the same shit. Okay, similar. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. like you know, you know, like dear white people, when you ask to put your hand inside of my hair and says, you know, ooh, yeah. you know, you have a good grade of hair. Yeah, that actually, you know. You kind of sound like a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah, like, all right, all you know, right, it's right. just things that you know that white people may not yeah. understand. No, I get about. it, and yeah. it's, it's really like calling out like microaggressive racist behavior. Okay, no, um, I know, I get the concept. It's just it felt like in the TV show it wasn't as prevalent. I thought it would be more. And in the you know? movie, Coco is like trying to also get a, her own show. Like she's mm-hmm. doing YouTube videos, to kind of like in response to Sam's videos. Mm. And she's trying to get picked up by a guy who works for, I think, what is it, MTV or BET or something like that. Something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. The producer yeah. comes and talks to her. Okay. The show opens up with a quote from James Baldwin that says, the paradox of education is that as one begins to become conscious, one begins to examine the society in which he is being educated. So that kind of just, uh, you know, in a sense, that's kind of the... Um, I guess that's just sort of like the tone for the entire uh we see so many characters sort of like switch their arcs and their positions about things and I guess that's kind of like the undertone for the entire thing. So in, in talking about this show and and again for me it was I like the show better because we get a chance to really examine these characters. Um out of all of these characters, who do you identify the most with? Shit. You want to go first and just go around the table. I will, you know, because I had I, I kind of had a hard time with this one because um, 
I don't know. All right, so for me, it was actually Rashid, the African guy, right? Yeah, the African guy. So, and he was always kind of like, I guess he was calling things out, but from the perspective of him being African and not mm-hmm. really understanding like why African-American. why African Americans be like so mad about shit. And I find myself doing that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a lot. I feel like and this is me talking personally, and I, you know, I don't feel like this all the time, but. Sometimes I feel like we complain about things more than we take action. You know what I'm saying? And and like here, like recently in the past few years of my life, I've really have been an advocate for that. Like, yo, dog, like I'm kind of tired of, I don't care that such and such said nigga, bro. Like it really doesn't, it really doesn't change anything. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like let's move forward and try to, you know, do something about it. You know what I mean? But the complaining part, and I felt like that's what he kind of stood for is like, why are y'all always fucking complaining about shit? Like y'all, no matter what happens, y'all are, y'all gonna complain about it. So I feel like I, I I connect a lot with Rashid. Well, there was a scene too where he was like, "What do you like?" like all I hear is you talk about what you don't like. What do you actually right. like? What do you actually yes. like? That's, that's a hell of a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and yeah, a hundred percent. I I feel like I I connect with Rashid because. I get sick of motherfuckers complaining all the time, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I, I never know on a on a week to week basis. I never know who we as black people are supposed to be mad at. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it be it be like shifting sometimes. That's how I feel. Like if I pay if you pay attention to social media, Not I'm speaking. That you to, fucking think that black people are a monolith and you gotta fucking ride the hive mind, like. Oh, well, you I, don't gotta be no, mad at nobody as black people. If Treasy's mad, Treasy's mad. Exactly. That's that's it. Like you don't gotta be mad because I'm mad. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to wake you up though. But, All right. yeah, <laughs> but that's real shit. you don't. You don't have to. I think that's so weird that like, oh, black people are mad, so I can't say something or I have to say something because I'm black too. Well, but, it's so strange. Well, here's the thing. Yes or no? If you're in a room, if if you're in a room and there's six of y'all talking, right, and y'all are all like take one position about a particular subject or a particular person and then that sixth person is like I really don't give a fuck about it does it doesn't it usually happen to where them five people jump on that sixth person like yo what the fuck How I mean do you that feel didn't about happen to me such? like it didn't happen to me with 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 uh Kendall Jenner and it didn't happen to me with Shea Moisture like everybody was mad at Kendall Jenner and I posted a meme I'm like yo that was culturally toned to sipping this Pepsi though and it didn't happen to me with Shea Moisture either I was like hey that was poorly executed but I understand get your coins mm-hmm. and I'm rubbing my oil on my scalp right now like nobody came for me they better not they know better see there you, there you go they better not they know better but I mean I stand and I, I mean I can stand in what I what I have to say and what I believe and a lot of people can't do that they they're just they're yeah. programmed to go along with the Ex- group I guess that's all I'm trying to say is yeah. that people are programmed to go along with the group and like and I, I don't you know sometimes people bring shit to me and it's like they you know they expect a certain reaction from you because you're black and I'm like I, I really don't give a fuck like I, you know, I really don't give a fuck <laughs> like you know and it's you know I'm not trying to be disrespectful but you know uh, everybody has their own opinions about things. Everybody has their own experiences about things. And like, it, it doesn't, af- I don't take as much, you know, personal, you know, state to well, it as I, I guess. I as, think the, sh- the show do. points to that a little bit, how, you know, there are people who I think, uh, I don't, um, the girl who really likes Reggie, but Reggie's not interested in her. Right. Um, um, I think that's uh, Joelle. Ashley Blaine. You know, yeah, like, character, she Joelle. made a reference Joelle. to like being a slave to the revolution. Like you're so into the revolution that you're not. You're you're you've not got thinking ton- for yourself. Not, yeah, you've got tunnel vision. You right. know, and that you you have a righteous cause, but you're you're an extremist at the same time. Right. You know, so it's like I see there's two sides to the coin of that. Right. So. Okay. 
Who, who, who identifies with who, man? I, I guess I'll go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, at the end of, uh, you know everyone, if, if you can't see, everyone's looking at me. Uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I'm not African, I'm not gay, I'm not black, I'm not a woman. So I, I, I in a serious matter, I can relate to Gabe in a sense. Um, I'm be- very surprised that you said that. I wasn't um, expecting that answer from you. Actually, I have a serious response to that. Uh, I have been kind of a Gabe in mm-hmm. life. Uh, I have dated black women who had internal and external issues with dating a white guy. Uh, and that caused problems. In terms of like the optics, they had an issue with it? Or uh, in terms of them how they were feeling about their own pro-blackness? A little, or? Bit, of, a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, when I say internal, that's kind of like you as a, as a black woman. Like, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. And then external, like family, friends that are like okay like that's cool but we didn't think you'd really do it (laughs) you know like so i mean i can relate to that i i can relate to kind of i mean i've always been i guess a little more woke than your average white guy so and i can be in more culturally diverse atmospheres and, and be able to flourish i'm not like a white guy who can't you know be around black people <laughs> so but like gabe gabe was obviously kind of a kind of, he kind of stood out but at the same time like i can relate to being with someone and then not understanding things or having things being thrown in my face that you don't understand but i'm like yo, i kind of do but i don't directly understand you don't have the lived experience i don't have the lived experience but like i i understand it you understand like, someone's you know what i mean i'm not that tone deaf like mm. so and, and you get put in this box and you know it can, it can cause problems so I, I can relate to gabe i can relate to what i from the show can see his issues and the troubles that he's dealing with Right. So, yeah, I, I I feel I found myself feeling, you know, a little bit bad for Gabe throughout the entire because, I mean, you know, he 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 seemed to be very genuine about his his appreciation mm. for Sam. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he was just kind of like a casualty of circumstance of, you know, the incident that happened on the campus. And, mm. you know, it's like you're damned if you do. You can't take the you, you don't agree with the white people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then you can't really take the black people's side because you're not black. I mean, you you want you know, you take their sides, but then it looks like you're pandering. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I just I I care about mm-hmm. humanity. I care about people. And this is an injustice. But I, I've had that in my life, too. I've had where I've cared about injustice. And there's sometimes there's always one person that will go that's great but you will never truly understand, understand yeah. you will never a hundred percent truly understand but you can live in not understanding yeah. yeah you don't have to understand yeah i think that's so weird that's fucked up that to expectation me. that yeah. someone that doesn't have your lived experience is like mm-hmm. somehow culpable because they can't understand because they can't understand like or, so i can't even be empathetic or I, yeah you can, or, you can definitely I, empathize or yeah. i've had you know where people are like yeah that's great Corey, but tomorrow you're gonna be white and you're gonna go and live right. your great white life. And you're free white twenty one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're just gonna go. You're 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 gonna be white. Like everything is okay. Yeah. Like no, no. you know. Oh Jesus Christ. I, I, well, I'm. I, you but know, I know people who would do that. Yeah. Though. I know people who would say that stupid. Yeah. They're like, thank you, but uh, like tomorrow, you, like the things that are happening in the non-white cultures, like they're not going to happen to you. Right. Like you will be perfectly fine. So it's, which is an, an exaggeration, but I, I have heard things like that to me. I so. think that it's important for white people like you to exist because mm-hmm. you can talk to your own people in a way that I can't. Yeah. And it comes across a completely different way. So I'm mm-hmm. never shitting on that. Like, 
I wish that's they that's just weird to me. I do wish they would have maybe shown. They didn't show much of that, but I have been in situations where I'm looking at white people like you're, you know, that's racist, right? Like what you're doing is racist. Like there's just no black people around it to like check you on it. Right. Like, and and I wish they, but it looks like he was a culturally diverse person because he had his his woke friends with him. So mm. I use that term loosely. I met his friends that he met at the coffee shop that. They were. It was like episode. No, seven, they seemed eight. like they had good sense. Good mm. sense, yeah. Mm. Like so, you know. Okay. Anybody else? Who's next? Who's next? Um, I guess I'm next. I get. I guess I'm kind of a mix between Reggie and uh, Lionel. I guess for most of middle school and high school, I was like definitely like a Reggie type of dude. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember the first the first time I really felt like Reggie was like. I was like nine years old, and I went on a field trip to like the Baltimore Black Wax Museum. Oh, I love this spot. Yeah, they had like a uh, they had like a temporary exhibit that was like on lynching, and it was really only for adults. But I got to get down there, and I saw like wax figures being lynched and stuff, and how like pregnant women like get the baby cut out of them, and it was like oh, super super gory. And I was seeing that at nine years old, I was just like, damn. And that kind of like led me to be like really pro-black and really revolutionary through like most of my own um, like middle school and high school woke at nine years old Martin. Yo, that's that's gangster though like woke at nine yeah. One but time also had babies also had like a fucked up fro like lionel so. <laughs> <laughs> so. that's funny cool pull out them pictures and i i kind of remember being like i went to hbcu for two years so i remember leaving like a place where i was like the one of the only black kids in the school well it was really like 33% black, 33% Filipino, 33% white. Mm-hmm. So it's like a definite mix of people and going to HBCU, being feeling kind of out of place, like being kind of a black nerd at the same time and feeling kind of awkward. And like, you have to like navigate your blackness more because it, fe- it felt like there was different levels of blackness at the campus from mm-hmm. all the people you meet. Talking about HU? Uh, and Hampton. Yeah. Hampton. I, that's wow. interesting because my experience that is there's, there's a lot of black kids because I went to Hampton also. There's a lot of black kids at Hampton who are very much like the only black kids in their high school. Like, and that's yeah. their experience. And they come there. What high school did you go to? Uh, Salem High. You went to Salem. Yeah, hey. that's that's about the breakdown of it. 33, 33, 33. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know your experience. I'm not male. So I think it's a little different in terms of those types of conversations and where you fit in. So yeah. when when you say like you were the nerdy black kid like what, what what do you feel like you did that that was nerdy that um I guess I watched like a lot of TV shows I knew like a lot about movies mm-hmm. I knew a whole lot of like about alternative hip hop and stuff like that mm-hmm. um that's pretty and I love video games and comic books and stuff like that and anime. Talk, yeah yeah and I also I guess I'm kind of like Reggie too because you know he does spoken word in the um. I forgot which episode it is. Right. One of the later ones. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, but actually how I got into Hampton was I did spoken word at an event and like a lady came up to me and she worked in like the admissions office at Hampton. Mm. It was like come to my office like the next week and I'll get you in Hampton and that's how I got in. Interesting. Yeah. Damn. That's very what happened. You didn't that- choose Hampton, Hampton chose you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, but like I'm kinda concerned about what happened in the office. You didn't really get into that. That sounds like real some No, oh, you're such real, a teenage uh, boy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real real Miss Robinson ish <laughs> with the graduate. <laughs> anyway. Or she could have been like this young, brilliant black man needs to be on our campus. Could have been. Could have been. My story sounds a little cooler, but it doesn't. Mm. Um 
So I guess um I'm somewhere between Joel and Reggie. Um, like I care and I'm down, but sometimes I'm standing on the outside looking like y'all take this shit way too seriously. Right. <laughs> um, I have my moments. It's funny, like we were in here talking the other day and a friend of the show, um, Shamir was like, I listened to the show and you're like this left wing Democrat revolutionary pro-black person. I was like, have you talked to me in real life? Right, in real life, <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I appreciated about Reggie um, that, you know, in juxtaposition with Sam, which is something that you really learn watching this show, because in the movie, I didn't really pick up on this. She wasn't really secure in her blackness from day one, whereas he's like, I'm black and I know who I am. And I experienced that too with Joelle. She's like, I'm black and I know who I am. And mm -hmm. Joelle wasn't afraid to be herself either. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are the two characters that really, I was just like, okay, these are my people. Mm. I'm Okay, that's kind of, funny, before you said it, I was expecting to hear like a piece of Sam in there. No, but to hear Sam, you say not no. Sam. Sam. Like on the Coco episode, when Sam was trying to be down, uh, like, yeah. She was. Uh, I that's I, that's not how I see myself. Right, <laughs> but right. I mean, I don't know. Jesse's but, smiling but, at me. But she's speaking <laughs> on the mic. I really do think of you, though. Yeah. I've heard somebody has called me and be like, "Oh, you're Sam White," but they call mm -hmm. me Sam White after the movie, not after the oh. show. In the movie, she doesn't come across that way, as though like she's really, really looking for a black experience. Like mm -hmm. I'm not biracial. For those of you who are confused about that, nobody in the room is. But mm -hmm. um, I get asked that a lot. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Um. But like she was she was saying like, oh, it's like a mini home in college. And I'm thinking if you wanted an HBCU experience, why didn't you go to one, first of all? And then it's like, oh, I got to get these white girls together. And somehow like she wanted to to tell Coco about blackness. It's so weird. Hmm. Like that's not how I experience myself. I'm not out here telling the dark skinned girl about the struggle. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like okay. I'm very much aware that we have different experiences. So I just think, I don't know. Something about her is inauthentic to me. And I really don't like how she treated Gabe. It was like one of those things where, um, and I saw this conversation come up a whole lot after the show aired about can you be pro-black and date a white person? Mm. And my answer to that is no. Okay. And I think that she as a character knows that the answer to that is no, but she doesn't want to sacrifice the optics. It's like, but I, I am pro-black, but I really like this white guy. And I'm like, well, you don't have to be pro-black. You don't have to assign that label to yourself. And you can be a genuine person. And that's who you love. That's who you love. You don't have to have that title or that identity. Right. Like, you're whack for treating him differently because of the optics. I just, I don't like, I don't like people who do shit for a look in life. So, mm. that's stop a good calling explanation. me Sam White out there. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad you clarified that. Because it looked like Jesse thought the same thing I was thinking. Like, I definitely see, like... At least 033 percent Sam and yeah, but but Joel, but when you break it down, Joel does Joel's feel a lot more. Way closer to my personality. But you don't like Scandal. Do you watch Scandal? Who said I didn't like Scandal? I don't know. I, I don't watch that. it anymore because yeah. I it just got stupid and I stopped watching it. But I don't dislike Scandal. Oh, because she was all up in that Scandal parody joint. What was that joint called? I don't uh, remember, defamation. But... A defamation. <laughs> yeah. It was very. It was very from a satirical standpoint. It was very interesting. But no, I'm more of a how to get away with murder. Short, like that's my thing. Oh, okay, okay. Still, still team Shonda Rhimes, I guess. Kind of, sort of. Kind of scared for her, but. We'll, we'll talk about that later. You know, one thing that's interesting, you talked about how she treated Gabe. is like, to me, from what I've seen, she didn't get the same backlash as, like, Issa on um, what? Uh, oh, on, on Awkward Black Girl yeah. when she was White Jay? 
Well, no, when about? she when she cheated on um her boyfriend, uh, no, not not. Oh, that. you're talking, talking about, about on insecure. Insecure, oh, yeah, 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 because she got a lot of back. Well, of course, people are gonna come for you the anyway. If you, yeah, but I mean, her, I was I I was upset with Issa. I was like, you got. I thought she was. Uh, we'll talk about insecure. Hold on, when it comes hold on, back what, on. hold on. I'm 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 lost. She she did something with a white guy. On no, not no no not no no. no. She guy. cheated no, on her boyfriend. Like, okay, this, yeah, yeah, okay, this show, yeah. yeah but Sam I don't cheats the, on um Gabe. I don't, I don't get with the Reggie, though. but uh, Issa oh, cheats on. Ooh, that's right. Lawrence yeah, with Lawrence. her ex. Yeah. I completely forgot that she cheated with Reggie for a quick second. Yeah, that was kind of corny. Yeah, but I, like, I, again, I, like I feel like she, she did it for a look, and she 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 hurt both of them in the process. And like, don't yeah. call me fucking Sam White. All right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't like it either. I don't like the way she treated me. You don't like the way she treated me. What girl? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing, the thing though, Corey, is that you really could identify with Dane though, because you what? Yeah, because you, because you, cause you yeah. really be on I some like, like wild drinking <laughs> shit. As yeah. he has two beer bottles in front of him, because I like to drink beer. I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean was, I, the guy who had very little screen time and got so drunk he killed himself. Right. I mean, but you and know who, what? White people have superior livers. So, I mean, you that. should identify with Dane. It's what your people have going for them. <laughs> I'm not a binge drinker. But you do have a superior liver. I do. <laughs> well, there's footage out there. I know. <laughs> Listen, there's, there's difference between binge drinking often and then every once in a while having too many drinks. I mean, mm-hmm. they call it white boy wasted for a reason. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've all in this room probably have had too much to drink one night. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I mine mean, maybe mine are higher than yours. I mean, my there's Irish no ancestry <laughs> does me good sometimes, yeah. but... I think I, st- I stopped that when social media came out. See, there's footage of you, so... Like, That's fine. There's none to prove that Treezy is a, you know, drinks till he blacks out type shit. Uh, I want to see this, though. That's going to be my life's mission to see if I can get you to drink that much. Oh, no. you won't. It won't happen. It won't Don't happen. challenge me. Yeah, it won't happen. <laughs> I'll tell you what, as long as I've known him, I've never seen him drunk. Yeah, it won't happen. I'm I'm like one of those like supremely responsible, like when it comes to substance individuals. Like I'm like a prude when it comes to like real gangster shit, man. All good. I just know who I need to call when I'm fucked up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, me, the characters I kind of related to were um definitely Lionel. I see myself as kind of like the on the outside kind of observer type person trying to kind of make sense of the world and try to formulated into some sort of a story that um you know kind of affects the public and i feel like also sam's character she kind of uh does that really well her militant um way of kind of delivering um you know her ideas on the radio show i feel like that's something that i'm trying to do in my films in Mm -hmm. a way um so that's kind of how I kind of, I guess, relate to those characters. I don't mm-hmm. feel like you're a person who like beats people over the head with your revolution, though. Like, not yeah, but I feel like the bigger stories that I kind of want to focus on do have that kind of element. enveloped in the story. Yeah. yeah, Jesse's into it. He's he yeah he definitely is. Got the, like that loud, quiet disposition. You know, like you don't see it coming. Scud missile from the left. Nah. You're like, oh shit, you're woke. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of characters we we didn't even really talk about in in that perspective. That's surprising, man. Yeah, Sam, you when you broke down Sam, you really just kind of opened my eyes to a couple of things I didn't even consider about her. Though. That's why I thought you were gonna say her, because I do see a little bit of Sam in you too. And me? Well. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Explain. Just with, I mean, with the whole fact that I mean, this podcast is your idea and stuff like that, and you wanted to be a voice and offer like a platform, like what we're doing here, like there's nothing out there really like that you know the movies we're talking about and stuff like that right. um i feel like our movies that don't really get talked about a lot 
Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is really good, the fact that we're talking about dear white people, because um, when you look at some of the language on like IMDb and stuff like that, there's this hate, 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 hate. And I feel like um, that's kind of clouding the overall message of the show. Mm. So again, I feel like that's kind of like what you're doing with your podcast. In mm. a way. It's like you're offering a, a platform, a voice interesting to, to be fair there there are other podcasts that examine this as subject matter but they, they're not as fun as we are <laughs> no shade no shade because some of y'all have some really cool interesting things to say and so i do listen that's why i know you exist mm -hmm. but like but i'm saying for other like movies black mm -hmm. films and stuff have mm -hmm. you seen some other podcasts that mm -hmm. okay yeah there's, yeah, a, there's a few there's a yeah. few but like i said there's like mm -hmm. a tone of yeah. seriousness i say like for colored nerds when they, they they're not yeah. as serious all the time but they don't just talk about movies right like right right yeah i, I mean I, I guess i appreciate that jesse i mean i never looked at it in that in, in that vein you know i i think i automatically do the gender association like there's no way i can fucking be sam she's light-skinned girl you know what I mean? like, <laughs> but, but but no what you and say makes a lot of automatically sense automatically associated with me because you're a light-skinned girl. girl yeah yeah, yeah. all day no bull no bull it's gender association is real so anyway um Oh, I, I do kind of want to touch on that scandal parody, dog. That shit just had me. Yo, hilarious. The, and I like how they kept going back to it. Yo, that's yo. When she was like, was, <laughs> when he told her, what do you say? Suck my cock right here in the Oval Office. Blow me. <laughs> After she tried to get him together, though, like that is exactly how it happens on the show, though. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's like you cannot treat me bad. He's yeah. like, but you want this dick, though. Right. Right. But you know, it seems like Justin Simeon, who who we didn't really talk about him. I I really think he's brilliant, and yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the things that he. I watched that um the Chase Jarvis thing that you sent me, Jesse. Oh, yeah. I, it was like a two hour, maybe like an hour and a half long episode uh, interview. Mm -hmm. That was really. I, I learned a lot about his process of making the film. That's what I thought was really interesting. Yeah, just to see how this whole project kind of grew from this group of people like like Justin Simeon having the idea and then putting all the money into just making a trailer. Mm -hmm. And then from there, trying to build an audience for this and try to make people feel that it was an actual movie that was going to be produced. And then from there, you know, finally getting the resources he needed to make the film yeah. and the series. He, what really struck me is he said he he filmed it in 21 days. You know, he had like mm -hmm. a... The movie? He, the yeah. movie in 21 days, wow. which is pretty crazy. And he broke it down like, I guess he had got the green light to shoot it at some college in Wisconsin, was it? It was like one of those states that nobody talks about in like <laughs> Midland America. Shout and, um, out to the Midwest. Yeah, and it's it's just like everything kind of lined up for him at one time and he had, you know, three weeks to make the fucking film. And it was, you know, I mean, what he came out with was great. And, I mean, just, and just the fact that like Netflix and Lionsgate seemed like they extended that, extended their hand to a television show. Oh yeah. That's pretty big, man. I'm I'm, I'm very like I'm very much looking forward to what he's produced what he's going to produce in the future. Well, I mm. think too like African American storytellers and stories are really popular again now like they were in the 90s. So like now is the time for Netflix to jump on that train. Right. You think about shows like Insecure and Atlanta and just offering a fresh perspective on the black experience. Yeah. Um, you know, this is about a black college experience, but it's not a different world. It's a different experience right. we're about to get that too you know again with um what's the spinoff from blackish so yeah oh, that's college yara shahidi yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I love yara shahidi i think she's dope yeah, um, I she's can't dope. imagine being her age and just so 
She's wise, Self-aware bro. and why I wasn't though. I was such like a, a ratchet teenager. Yeah. What's the thing you had me listen to? The code switch was mm-hmm. it with her? Yeah. Yo, she was dropping some knowledge, man. Absolutely. To be seventeen. Well, when you look at who her so... parents are, like right. How could she not be? But no, at seventeen, I was not that culturally or self-aware. Like I just wanted to listen to Biggie and have boys like me. So. <laughs> right, real talk. I mean, not me. <laughs> I said real talk. Like I, like I agree with her. Like I, I mean, know. you like girls, and you was listening to rap. Like yeah, if you were concerned sure. about like what's my fit going to be for the next day. Like to some degree, yeah, I cared yeah. about my grades, but that was really it. Like yeah. I don't know. I mean, the level, the her level of understanding of the world. I feel like I'm just like settling into that in like my 30s you know what i'm saying but it's like, not just her it's like amanda stenberg and then you have zendaya and it's just kind of like mm. damn y'all are yeah i mean then you have like marley diaz who's like 11 and i'm like jesus how oh, are yeah, you this woke crazy. like at 11 i cared about barbies and like cheerleading i did not right i mean i was reading malcolm maybe at like 13 but <laughs> right right right, <laughs> but right. Still. so out of uh, so what episode would y'all consider was your favorite episode from this series? Mine was the first Coco episode. Same. Okay. So um, Coco was an interesting character because she didn't, when the show started, I thought she was going to be like the evil bitch antagonist. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it just opened it up. Mm-hmm. And she, it opened my eyes to the, the fact that like most of the characters are very conflicted. Mm-hmm. But hers was a little more spoon fed to you. Mm-hmm. But it was way more interesting than I thought it would be. So I really like that. Like she struck me as someone who was just extremely torn. Right. And I think that's kind of the theme of a lot of the characters. Almost every character in a way is torn about something. Did you uh, did you get that she was torn or did you Like get she doesn't she know what just... to do. Like you you're you're you have a conflict, an internal conflict. Oh, I didn't I see, see her okay. as having an internal conflict. I saw her yeah. as being fucking frustrated with all the fuckery that was going on around her. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I I saw her as being like very frustrated with Sam and Sam's like discovery of blackness and then just wanting to turn that around on her to be like, Oh, you ain't down and she's like, I'm chocolate and I'm black for real. I'm not I'm not like mm-hmm. you trying to figure out who the fuck I am. Like right. I know who I am and I'm okay with who I am. And like they related on a black girl level that way, but then it got weird. Well, but she mentioned several times about how like toning her blackness down to make like, herself palatable. Yeah, like that kind of conflict, that kind of okay. Well, I, like, and, and, well, she talked about light skin privilege though, and she yeah. was saying like I have to tone myself down to make myself palatable, and yeah. you get away with being an aggressive bitch because you look more like a white person. Yeah, mm, yeah, that is. Wasn't she like from Chicago or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think South her character. Side. Yeah, I think. I think but she lied was, about it. For so a the while, AKAs. yeah, well, the AKA. I'm the sorry, I apologize. Yeah, the matchup of the black stories. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Zetas who they didn't try to like. Didn't try. Okay. <laughs> include in that. Right. So she, you know, if from my interpretation, she, yeah, she's trying to tone down her blackness. Mm. You know, she's, you know, but I think she's aware of her blackness. I think she's aware of the things that are going on, but she's she has set in her mind what she wants, and it's. Well, I think that she wants to transcend people. She wants to transcend people's preconceived notions about her because of what Mm. she looks like and where Mm. she's from. And I think it's frustrating to her that Sam has all of that, but for some reason she wants to be down so bad. Mm. Yeah, you know what's yeah. funny? That shit is like a big metaphor for like rap music for me because <laughs> it seems like that. Like you know, you get like these dudes that's really from the hood, and then like they try to be conscious or they try to like 
you know, be a little bit more diverse with their subject matter because they've really seen the stress and the strife that comes from it. And they, that shit's not cute. They're it, not glorifying it. Right. They're not glorifying it. And then you get like the dudes that's like really from the suburbs or whatever the case may be. And then they act like they the most gangster motherfuckers on planet I had Earth. I that experience in high school. Right. So I grew up... Um, in a predominantly black area and you know i lived good i had it my we had a house and yard and the swing set and stuff but like two blocks over was the project so right. like i know all kinds of black people and so i grew up with a certain set of black people and then when i was 14 we moved to an area that was like 80 percent white mm. and like my observation of black people not all of them but some of them in that setting who live like these decent suburban lives, they wanted to be hood so bad. Right. And people that I knew that grew up in disadvantaged situations were like constantly trying to escape that. Right. So like I agree, like that's such a weird thing, like in a phenomena to observe, like your parents are trying to create this better life for you, but you're consuming these negative images of the media portrays to you of what blackness is yeah. and trying so hard to be that. Right, right. I be feeling like that. I feel like a lot of crimes are, you know, when when you, when it comes to that that kind of interaction, I really feel like a lot of it is more people trying to prove that they are a certain thing, mm -hmm. and you know, take things to a certain level because a rationale of like the disposition of you being and having that street cred, it doesn't follow you, you know, the, the same way when you've actually have that lived have that lived experience. So you go out of your way to prove things, such as Sam, you it's know, Rick she Ross, like. <laughs> Well, that, yeah. you said it, not me, man. Mm. I'm not trying to get. You know, I, I like Rick Ross though, which I is like the weird Rose thing. <laughs> I, I like him too, but like I, do, I can't forget like you know what his beginnings are. So it's like interesting. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I can't say. I, I know Dade County. You know, in my experience of going to Miami, I can't really see no part of it that's not like no gangster shit. Oh like, no, I'm not, I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying I think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So shout guess, out to Rose. I fuck with you. <laughs> um, I think Al is interesting. Well, in the movie, Al has a line like Lionel. Um, they asked him like, "What?" I think the Black Student Union asked him like, "What is he like?" He he says something like some type of um, group. I'm just say Radiohead or something like that. And Al has a line like, "Yo, Radiohead is my shit." But you could it kind like that said so much to me because I've been in those conversations where it felt like like somebody was overcompensating. I'm like, bro, you could just say I like Radiohead. Like you don't have to like add shit or yo I fucks with Radiohead or right. that's like yo they be going way too far with it and when you find out they live from they lived in the suburbs and stuff so it was oh, like wow. so but that also happens a lot in college where people will get to college and try to like reinvent themselves oh, oh god yeah listen there's so many motherfuckers that went to high school with me that I saw in college and I'm like what get the f anyway man it's like a whole they I hope they have jobs in advertising let me just put it that way <laughs> like, they were great um so, uh, so you said yours was the first Coco episode. Yeah, first Coco episode. Um, to me, it was probably the uh, Barry Jenkins episode five. Yeah, definitely my favorite episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What What did you like about it? Um, I guess. Well, I get I got that same feeling from Get Out, where it's like I just feel very uneasy because it feels like it it pertains directly to me, especially like the last maybe five ten minutes of the episode where mm -hmm. like the cop pulls a gun on him, like. I've dealt with police, but they never really put a gun in my face. But that like that fear just like hit me as soon as it happened. Like of course I knew he wasn't gonna get shot, but at the same time it was like I could totally empathize with like what's happening right at that second and at that moment. Right. And I thought that was that was probably my favorite 
just because of that the last five minutes of that episode. That was a powerful one. Like just the whole way the episode unraveled. What I really liked about that episode too were the um it was like a specific conversation when they were leaving the movies and, and they were just kind of walking a path and they were talking, but they were breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. But they were they were they were talking about things like from a social mm-hmm. perspective and like it's it, it's like they you know, they went out of their way to like make these references and these parallels and make these statements and they just did it in a very abstract sort of, you know, grab your attention way. Cause like you're watching and you're like, yo, why is it? They're looking at the cameras and they're talking, but yeah. it's like, it was like, you know, you would have a conversation and then the, the, the accentuation on that, you know, the accent on a, a, a specific thing, they would look at the camera and say it. So I felt like I was telling Corey this, I guess it was earlier today. I felt like if, you know, in a, uh, you know, when you used to be like in elementary school, you read a paragraph and they say, what's the main sentence of that paragraph? The main idea. I, yeah, the main idea of that paragraph. Um, I felt like episode five, that one, Barry Jenkins, which is also my favorite episode. I felt like that was the main idea of the entire series. You know, that's 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 how that episode stuck out to me. I was like, this is the main idea of the entire series to get people to understand the humanity and how these how these situations can get out of hand from you know a snowball effect or how somebody really doesn't deserve the output that they got and people don't understand how it got there you know what did he do for it to get there he didn't do anything bro like it's just he was put in a situation where somebody else's aggression overshadowed it and you know so i I just felt like that was a really good episode for to display that sort of behavior it did a great job of like fleshing out Reggie too because before that point Reggie is pretty much like a archetype like he's the black revolutionary guy and he pretty much sticks to that script mm-hmm. but then you get to see more like his motivations and who he is outside of that like he he's a three-dimensional person not just this black revolutionary right right I felt like the scene the the ending the ending shot for that one when he was crying yeah, crying in the, uh, the yeah, doorstep was I was yeah. like yo that's real that you is know real. what I'm saying yeah. like uh, like your your manhood was your nuts were ripped from you and you know and even his performance in episode six where it's like he's trying to just kind of go throughout his day without thinking about it and Sam keeps hitting him up and Right, like that. That just that performance was just so great to me. Right, right. So, I mean, if you haven't picked up on it, episode five is the episode where at the end of it, um, Reggie gets the gun pulled out on him by the police officer because there's somebody, you know, his homeboy in there used the word nigga in a song. It was a white guy. He used the word nigga in a song. They were doing some future shit, and it just turned into something else. I think um, that Gabe's position in that story is very interesting too. Like, I, I was gonna ask about that. Like, what you thought of that. Why I, I didn't understand why he called the cops. I'm with you. I didn't I didn't get it either. And it's I, it's I was one like, of those situations know. where people see something one way and it's not necessarily going to escalate that the way that they think it is, and they're like, oh well, I'm just trying to do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing is minding your business and letting things not get out of hand before you create a catalyst for them to get out of hand. But I think that I think what that scene did was to remind you that Gabe's. It, it, it I, maybe it's the writers or whoever trying to say like yes Gabe's cool, but he's he's naive. He's still white. Yeah, yeah he's still he's white. Still, yeah. And yeah. and I've I've seen that where like yes some white people are just you're you're cool but you're just a little naive. You don't get it. And you don't get it. And and you you may have had the best intentions. I believe Gabe had the best intentions, but you didn't get it. So I think that's to remind the viewers or, or maybe to remind the white people watching that like sometimes. You think you're doing something good, but you're you're actually not. You're being naive to and the I, situation. 
So like culturally too, there's mm-hmm. there's having 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 a real grasp of like the ways that we're different, right? So um, I always hear people say like, there's no such thing as talking white and talking black. People from different cultures code switch. And so there is such a thing as talking black. There's a way that I can communicate within my own culture and be be um, most easily understood that outside of my culture, I cannot communicate. And there's like a level of aggression sometimes that we exhibit, you know, in the tonality of our voices and, you know, some of the words that we use that we use within culture that when you're outside of the culture, like you might perceive as like, oh, they're about to fight. And it's just because you are not a part of it. You don't get it. Mm. And so it's like, oh, well, what's going on here? Like it, there's a, there's a level of fear that I don't have in certain situations that someone outside of the culture might be afraid. And I think that's one of those things with mm-hmm. Gabe where it was just like, you don't know him, but you perceive this to be a situation that's going to spiral out of control because of the way that he is communicating that's mm-hmm. unfamiliar to you outside of the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite episode, uh, Jess? They all kind of blur together to me. Um, but <laughs> That's what happens when you binge watch. You, you know, start to I lose know. track of but, what... Um, Really, I think the first two episodes really kind of pulled me in. Um, the first episode, like kind of seeing how they um, went from the movie and kind of built upon it and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, I felt like that was kind of a big part that kind of like drew me in. But then in the second episode, I feel like they really started um, expanding in a way that I really haven't seen a TV show um, kind of develop. Like I feel like they're kind of doing a little bit of what Orange is the New Black does, how they mm. focus on the different characters. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think what this show does really well is because there's not as many characters, you get more fulfillment because it's more uh, kind of focused. Right. And I feel like in the, uh, the second episode, I really like the uh, the way they uh, they handle like the sex scenes in the show. Mm-hmm. Like I love like the uh, the threesome. Uh, that Lionel has, I felt that I thought that was weak, and then like seeing how like um you know like House of Cards is another great Netflix show, and they they have a threesome scene in their uh, show. And I remember when I first saw that, I was like, holy shit, you know this is like groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then seeing it in this show, I kind of uh thought thought of that uh, same scene, but the way they handle it with so much comedy mm-hmm. and such a different perspective, I just thought it was uh really unique. I felt like I was watching something that was fresh that kind of it really hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like, from a cinematography standpoint, this one stood out way more than the film? Oh, than yeah, because the, the way yeah. they're moving the camera and uh, the masturbation scene yeah. where he's, like, jacking off and then the walls, like, kind of, like, yeah, go, like I was so like, dope. yo, what are they doing? And that's another thing I, I feel like really stands out about this show is the production value is really good. The produ- the art design, yeah. um, the hairstyling of everyone, I feel like it's so... <laughs> Except relying on that horrible-ass wig. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That was bad. That's probably why they cut it off in like the first, second right. episode, whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> got rid of that quick. Yeah, but I mean, everyone has their own distinct style, and everyone's room is distinctly them, and that's yeah. something I really appreciate about the show. Yeah, it seemed like I mean, you know, and going back to that Chase Jarvis um, um, interview, like Chase Jarvis has a show called like Chase Jarvis Live or something like that, where he interviews you know people that he feels like are prolific to the artistry of entertainment and things like that, but. Um, Justin Simeon, he was talking about the process of creating the the movie, and he was saying because he hadn't had any real, he hadn't, he came from a publicity background, right? He worked in the movie industry from a publicity standpoint, but he hadn't had any real lived experience as a director. So the vernacular on how to communicate with a DP wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and they couldn't really, they couldn't, they didn't have enough budget to hire a storyboard artist. So he talked about like for every scene, for every shot, like he, for you know, he 
put together like this booklet basically of like references for how he wanted things to look from a color perspective, from a, you know, from a wardrobe perspective. It's, it's like he, he would do a sheet for every scene that had the instructions for every person that was involved with making a particular shot. And that's kind of how he delegated the instructions on how to build a scene. So I, I, I look at, I look at, I hear that of what he talked about with making the movie, and then I see the progression here to where everything is, re- like you said, everything is very honed in and specific to a, a character, a feel. You know, the shot selections on how they choose they choose to shoot this uh, this show. There was a there was a huge increase in production value, but that's probably because you know it went from being independent to being backed mm-hmm. um, by you know a real a real machine, you know Lionsgate. So um, yeah, the production value was crazy to me on this, and and I, I did like the acting better, to be perfectly honest. But I think that was just kind of a, I think that's a byproduct of just having a, a larger span to deal with these particular characters, mm-hmm. a larger span of time. So um, that's uh that's my take on it. What about the the random Nia Long? Uh, <laughs> she been randomly showing up every damn where. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Empire. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't watched Empire, but I heard she's on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah me too. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it. I have nothing to say about it, to be honest. It's like her character. She's still fine as hell, but her character's there. I mean, it's. I felt like that storyline was like unnecessary, though. Like, kind of was. You smash an older, older professor. I mean, it it helps build out Troy, who he has his own issues. Uh, I mean, it it just completes the circle. He's a man slut, and you got to throw in the older woman, like. Well, I guess smashing also, a teacher, like it's just—I think it's just something to add on to. He's like big man on campus, right? But you know, class president. He's good looking. He's much like, more likable on this yeah. show though than he was in the movie. Agree. Yeah. Well, also I guess with Nia Long, like compared to all the other, well, he only had, ever had sex with Coco on the show, I think. Besides Nia Long, mm-hmm. but it seems like with Nia Long, that's the time when he's like most honest and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and vulnerable. That's where he really speaks his mind. Like he doesn't always speak his mind to Coco. He hides the fact that he smokes weed in his room, mm-hmm. even though Coco is like rolling a like has a blunt, smoking a blunt in his room too. So, right. and, then, and he's very calculating in the ways that he interacts with Coco. Yeah, he is. Yeah. They also left. The the fact that Kurt videotaped them, like that was kind of in and out. Like I thought that was gonna be a bigger deal. That could probably be some season two shit. Yeah, maybe. Could, well, I guess it's just the fact that they he didn't he really to pardon. He kind of just let them go. I think I I guess you're supposed to assume that he let them go. He let them. Yeah, I mean he he gave them the pardon. Campus. Yeah. So I mean I get, but it it, it was that's kind of a big deal. Like you videotaping someone. But I don't know. It was kind of in and out. So I thought that would maybe play a bigger part Mm. or come back to haunt him in some way. It it still might. It might. It might. Season two is somewhere. Yeah. Season two. You feel like this is going to get greenlit for season two? I really hope so. But Netflix, well, I, I think it definitely will. They took out the get down. <laughs> Listen, they took out Sensei. You, I mean, but you see the timing in that. I bet, I bet you, I, I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened. War Machine ain't performed like it was supposed to. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't perform like it was supposed to. And they're like, yo, we just dumped 60. 
And then listen, and they probably forecasting like, yo, Will Smith, this whole bright shit might not perform like it's supposed yeah. to either. Yo, we need to go ahead and save some money because it seemed like everybody was getting greedy. That you okay. get a show, you get a show. Like. But I, I think like you have to think about things that people sign up for Netflix for, and that that's where their money needs to go. And mm. I would I would not have signed up for Netflix because War Machine was on Netflix. I'm not signing. I wouldn't have signed up for Netflix because of a Will Smith movie either. Yeah. But I would sign up for, for Orange Is the New Black or yeah. for Jerry. White people, those are things that I would be like, oh my goodness, when is that coming back? Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like that Netflix is kind of like jumping the gun with this whole financing films thing? No, I think you shoot nah. your shot and you don't yeah. ever know what's going to work. Right, right, right. I mean, like movies released in the theater, you don't know. Because Beast mean, of No Nation was a good movie. It, it was, was great. great. But yeah. did it inspire any, any, it's a movie, yeah. And I think, I think, like with a with a series, it's different. It's a reason for you to come back, right? But like, if I can pull something off a fire stick and watch it once, that's really that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If I don't have access to the content, and I think people are looser way. with TV shows for some strange reason. Like people, people will watch a, will tune into a BS show for months on end, right? But like a movie, it's like you got to get them or you don't. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it it yeah. used to be for me. It was. It's weird. Like it, it, there was a space and time where, like, I you know I didn't care about TV shows, but now mm-hmm. it's like uh, when I go to Netflix, I almost don't check for movies like that. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be a really compelling thumbnail, or it has to be a movie that I really wanted to see in order for me to really check for it. I am more checking for the TV shows and the documentaries. And the docu- I watch too. Yes, the document. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to tangent off into it real quick because I, I would really love to do an episode about this. But Batman and Bill, bro, the Hulu documentary. Listen, for all y'all out there that haven't seen or are not familiar with it, Batman and Bill, you do not have to be a comic book lover to fucking watch that movie. Watch it because we are going to do an episode about that if I got to do it by we'll my fucking it. self. We can do a documentaries <laughs> episode. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, well, I don't want to group that in with a bunch of other documentaries. Like, Jesus I want to talk Christ, about it. That movie is that good. Like, I'm going to watch would, it. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to group that in with, like, I'm not your Negro. I feel like those need to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, those need to be their own separate entities because there's so much to talk about with Batman and Bill. Like, and, I, right. and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to hold either one hostage with that. Um, I kind of had this on my uh, on my trough for us to sort of tackle and unpack a little bit just because I feel like this is a it's a I'm not going to say a hotbed topic but I feel like there's a lot of different perspectives on this. The whole scene that got the gun pulled on Reggie where you know he had the friend they were playing the whole trivia game and they were kicking ass. They obviously established their friendship and then they get on the dance floor and they're dancing and the white boy is kind of like, you know, Every time you brush your teeth, I'm a trap nigga. He's not censoring himself, and it turned into a big thing. Mm-hmm. What's like, what's y'all's perspective on white people saying the word nigga, like in a song, in that same context as that scene? Honestly, I think it changes with every generation. Like, cause I know I play ball at the record, whatever, and I'll be playing with like high school kids, and there's this one, like you know that one white kid that hangs out with all black kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I don't, I don't know. The other day, no, no. the other day I was balling with him, and he was call, He was like, "Nigga, pass the ball or whatever." And oh. I look, and I gave oh. all his friends a look like, "Yo, you're not gonna, you're not gonna check him." Did you, <laughs> did you check him? I mean, I said something to him, but he keeps he, he'll do it like when I'm not around and stuff. So, which right. is usually how that goes. Yeah, right, right. and I was like, "Yo, yo, none of y'all have fathers or like what's going on?" <laughs> Damn. Okay, so, so well, I totally get that. That's kind of like a, that's like a, that's an unhinged. Like it's not even hinged to like. 
a reference. That's just him. That's just part of his everyday. It's just part yeah, of his lexicon. enough to say motherfucking nigga, bro. No, it's because nobody is educating him on why he shouldn't. Right. I think there's this misconception that black people started referring to each other as nigga freely mm-hmm. with like the um, the invention of gangster rap. That's mm-hmm. not fucking true. Mm-hmm. Black people... Um, in America have been referring to each other as nigga as long as we've been speaking English. Mm-hmm. That's and, and it and it has always been used in the same context that we use it now. It's right. just you're another black person. Right. And it has always meant something when we say it, and it has always meant something else when someone who is not black says it. Right. And so uh, that speaks to, and I've told you about this before, like accessible language what language is accessible to you and for some reason people like to think that well black people say nigga so why can't i say it i'll stop saying it when you stop saying it well my benign use of a word should not should not be the um, justification for your malicious use of a word so it's kind of like okay well this is a cultural thing and this is you being well, toned up. Well, you can't. Well, you you said malicious, but in the in the scene, he made he went out of his way to say like, "Yo, I'm not being. I'm really just repeating us. Like, I love this fucking song." But he knows he knows that he does not have access to that language. He is not ignorant, and he felt comfortable in that moment that he could that he had access to language that he knows he doesn't have access to. Because mm. I know every white person who says it isn't being racist. Right, you know what I mean. Like I, I get their the, the intent kid, is not racist. The kid no. you're playing basketball with isn't being racist. Right, his like, intent or, 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 is not racist. Yeah. No, but so so that you're saying that like cultural culture overweighs uh, culture outweighs intention. That is In not that the only. Sense? So we've had this conversation too. That is not the only word that is not accessible outside of a culture. Yeah. So I have two other examples for you. Right. Um, I don't use this word, but faggot. Right. I know gay people who call each other and themselves faggot, but I know good and hell well that I can't say it. Right. And I don't. And the other word is midget. I know, I know I've seen little people who are comfortable being called that, but I know by and large, you're not supposed to call little people that. So right. I don't say it. And it's not hard for me to not say it. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. see a gay person and they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to try to say faggot real quick and see if they let me like, I just know that I can't say it and I don't. And I don't know why it's so hard for other people to just recognize like this is something you don't have access to and just live in it. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think it's funny a, though that even in an educational, an educated conversation, I, I can still say the word midget and faggot. <laughs> but, but I'm not saying the N word on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I understand even, what you're saying. Like, even, even to an, use it as an example, even you in wouldn't an educated say. educated conversation, the example, I would still not say. Yeah, that's what John Mulaney had to John Mulaney, like yep, yeah. yep. But, but, you, but like, I don't think that you have a problem not saying it. Like, you no, know, I you don't. can't say it and you just don't. And, yeah. like, I don't understand what people's obsession is with wanting to say it so bad because they don't have access to it. Um, I mean, I can, I can understand it in the terms. It, I think some people don't look at accessibility. I think some people just like me, like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't get the memo to about three months ago that midget was a bad thing to say. And, and, and so when I was saying it, I wasn't saying it malicious and somebody corrected me. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, well, once I, someone I took corrected to it. you, you're like, okay, I won't say it. I, I took to it. You and know it's what I'm not saying? hard I mean, for you to not say it. Correct? No, no, it is kind of hard to not say it because, because you're used I have, to saying it. Yeah, I have 30. 
fucking four years of saying midget. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I'm, I'm not intentionally saying it, but my the, the the seeds of me saying it didn't start from anything malicious. It started because that was the reference of that was just what that was That's just what it. you heard. Yeah. So that was it. So it's like I, it's not like I was saying it to be malicious. So, yeah, it is kind of hard but to censor were, myself. Okay, and not I got say midget. that. But like you're like these white kids are not growing up in the 50s where you just call black people nigga. Like that's not how they're growing well, up. But to be fair, there's a lot of kids that are growing up listening to hip hop. You understand what I'm saying? Like, especially they now. They have parents that, who would tell them, hey, you're white. You can't say that. Well, there's a, there's, their parents would tell them that don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> like, they would they would probably stop it at that route. My mom like, didn't know the music I was listening to. See? You see what I'm I saying? I didn't play Wu-Tang forever around my mom. But you mm-hmm. know, but your mom would tell you don't use that word. Yeah, she would. Yeah. I think. But I, I would never I, use it to be said that. But I get your point. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I'm going to keep it 100, man. I think we got to get used to I think I think there's going to be a point where we're going to have to get used to it. Because I think in about 10 years, it's going to, it's. It's going to be out of our hands. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll I, be out of our hands if we don't educate our children. Um, I think if you education don't take the time, if you don't take the time to educate your children so that right. they can educate their white friends. And if as white people, you don't take the time to educate your children that just, hey, you don't have access to every space. And I'm not even going to just put that on white people. Like in life, you don't have access to every space. Right. And you you at some point just have to be comfortable with that. And if you're not, there's going to be fucking consequences. That's just how life works. Right. So at, so and, and that's the space that I live in. I'm like, you know. Me personally, I don't get offended when other people say it if it's not in a malicious tone. I mean, I've been in situations where I've been called a nigger for real. Like, like went to school in a very, I went to high school in Texas, Burke Burnett, Texas, for a couple of years, and it was a very racist town. And I've been called a nigger for real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so when I hear it outside the context of like, when I hear it and it's not malicious, like it, it really doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I understand why it bothers other people, but it's really not something that I really give a fuck about, and to I, be perfectly honest. I'm not honest. saying that you need to snap off on a person if you feel like they don't have malicious intent, but I think that there is a teaching moment there. And if you skip it, like that's a little irresponsible. Oh, well, no. Was, here's, how I, here's how I teach people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, honestly, I feel like in a situation like that, honestly, I probably wouldn't say anything. But like, if I were to say something, my only teaching point would be, if you're brave enough to say it, I'll, you know, if somebody stepped to you, just be, you know, because mm-hmm. here's the thing: if you can, if somebody stepped to you, you knock them the fuck out. Well, I guess you, you know, uh, that's the end of that. That's the end of that. You for got real. it. Though. That, if that's, you know, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Somebody, I gotta fight somebody. Okay, boom, I'm knocking them the fuck out. Now, do I have access to say this? Because you understand what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, like I can't deal. I can't be around. That's not my. How we just talked about calling the cops and, you know, sometimes that's just, you know, mind your fucking business. That ain't my business. That's somebody's business who got a problem with it that really wants to check them. That's their business. Mm-hmm. It ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't because, again, I look at the I, I look at the intention of things and I'm and I look at you can't stop progress. And mm-hmm. I feel like and I'm not saying, that, oh, please, oh God, I, I mean, just you said think it through your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. I didn't say shit. Yeah, too. Like, but no, no, <laughs> I, just, I can only I can hear somebody on the other side. He thinks that white people call it saying nigger is a process. I mean, it's that is progress. what you just said. Yeah, but that's not what i meant you can't stop you can't stop evolution you can't stop change Mm -hmm. yeah and like there's gonna come a point where white people are going to say nigga and that point has already been yeah but it's gonna come to a point where it's gonna be even more frequent though and like it's it's, it's less frequent than it it's 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 at a point where it's less frequent less frequent than what than it used to be that's just what we were fucking called yeah yeah but i'm talking you know (laughs) i'm talking about in a sense i hear what you're saying that where where the where the level of comfort will come back 
Yeah. It might, it might not. Mm. We're not going to be alive to see it. So it's not some shit I can worry about. But while I'm here, it's something I can try to influence and I can try to educate. But it's not something I can worry about. I feel like there's going to be a point where boys wear dresses all the fucking time. Like, that's not something I have any control we, over. There. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's still frowned upon. But I'm saying at some point it may become ex- acceptable. Mm-hmm. I'm, see, I'm kind of, as a white person, I feel like a lot of the examples everyone's mentioned are are changing of the times but like this word like i had a i had a thing in college about it and it it's it just has such a history of hatred right and like that's way more powerful than just being a dress on a boy or frowned upon like it's right. it's hate it's hatred so and i just think it take i think i'm with lizzie like be okay with the fact that you just can't say it mm. who cares if everybody else wants to say it to each other you can't say it yeah. because when white people said it, it was usually 99% of the time grounded in hatred. Yeah. So deal with it and move on. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't pee standing up. It just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean I, I mean, I, I agree that like, if you know, you probably should censor yourself, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I'm not taking responsibility for people who don't, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's more mm-hmm. or less what I'm saying is I'm just not taking responsibility th- and going out of my way to teach people who don't, you know, okay. and, and, unless they're just, unless it's a genuinely confused conversation. Like I have. I, so the way that he handled it to me was not like the necessarily how I would handle it, the mm-hmm. way that Reggie handled it. Cause he was very aggressive with it. And it's kind of like, if you have to consider what your goal is there. Yeah. Is your goal there to get the white the white boy together to read him to be like oh you you know I'm gonna tell you about yourself right. or is your goal there to really educate him if your goal is to educate him you can't be aggressive to a certain point because the person's not gonna be educated they're not gonna receive it they're just gonna see you attacking them and they're gonna become defensive right because so, that's what he said you think I'm you think I'm a racist but that's what I'm saying I actually interpreted that the white guy was more aggressive like he, Reggie he, he wa- was he kind of was kind he walked of, into it and then he, he was like into okay it and then we're gonna boss was, up now and then he tried in my opinion it looked like Reggie tried to kind of back away with it he tried to do what Treasy said like all right I mean just I'm just saying you don't need to say that and then the white guy was like you calling me racist and he was like no I didn't call you racist right like so I felt like the white guy Antagonized, antagonized him, and then obviously but he, he. That was what I was saying. You don't have access to every fucking space, and that's yeah. like the privilege. Like, well, why can't I? I can yeah. do everything else. Why can't I do? Because you just fucking can't. Like, yeah. That's. I mean, I can't sunburn easily. Like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just. I don't get it. I don't get this obsession, and it's not just a white thing because it's something that I observe like black people doing sometimes too. Like needing access to every fucking space i've seen i've seen all kinds of people do it and it's just it's just weird to me do you think that the the scene was a a representation of both white privilege and extreme pro-blackness like coming together in one giant explosion i personally do i think that it was it was trying to show like hey we're not that different but like oh yes the fuck we are like Mm -hmm. i don't know i I personally do yeah. It was just it was just very strange to me. Like it was a really good scene. I thought it, it was, was a good a, scene, a but like in real scene. life, that would have been like a very strange thing. Like I don't yeah. know that I would have even been in that space to begin with. Right. As a black there person. I don't yeah. know that I would have inserted myself there to begin with. Right. That's a good point too. Yeah, that's a good point too. So 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 is the accessibility of not being able to say it like that particular word, 
is it only for white people in your opinion or is it like anybody who's not black well you have to okay so how are we defining not black well though? like okay like we lived in the bronx for a while right Corey? Mm, yes. like dominicans dominicans puerto ricans some of those people are black you're saying they're not black but well, what's I'm a black talking, person I'm, I'm talking about well then i'm talking about like that i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not just saying african american like, no because to me like if if you if you are black, you're black. And you being Jamaican doesn't make a difference. You being mm. Puerto Rican doesn't make a difference. You being Dominican doesn't make a difference. Like, if you're black, you're black. I'm not saying that only African Americans have access to that word. Right. Like, okay. there's I'm a not million different ways to say that. Be, I'm just. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I that's, that's a weird thing to me because I see, like, people who. The thing that makes me black makes them black too, but black people will go, that person's not black. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's so weird. Well, the well, the context of the word nigga, we talking about African Americans. So it's like Are I we mean, though? Because because there's plenty of Afro Latino people that was niggas on plantations in the Caribbean too. So I don't, oh, real I, don't talk? I mean, what's what are we what are we actually talking about? Yeah, well, shit's too complicated for Treasy, man. I'm just I'm just you know, I'm just trying to make podcasts out here playing. No, I'm boy. just saying there's a there's a million different ways to be black. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. I can't... We don't have a monopoly on that shit as African Americans. It's, it's so weird. We don't, but I mean, there is. But uh, but again, there's there. That's part of the education process too, because there's some people that are uncomfortable with that. There's some African Americans that would be uncomfortable with that. You understand what I'm saying? That's because they don't see their own blackness in those other people. Yeah. See and I I tend not to function that way. So me, Lizzy, doesn't function that way. Yeah. I do. I do see my blackness in you as an Afro Latino. So, or or as an African or as an Afro Caribbean person, I do see my blackness in you. So, yeah. it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, you don't get to be Asian and say nigga though. Sorry. Okay, so <laughs> Asian can't say it. So it's all, okay. Even though Wu Tang came and appropriated their whole culture, they, though, right? But I mean, I, there's well. an issue with with Wu Tang appropriating their culture. I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, did Wu Tang Wu Tang like use their racial epithets? Like for in a sense of familiarity, did they do that? What do you mean? Or, I mean, were they walking around calling each other gook or chink? Like, are they doing that? Chinky eyes, snot nose from the nap that to the bud, you my know, my life. big like toe. People, people saying chink eyes, like it's not fucking racist. Like in their regular conversation. Nigga, you just said, do they call themselves chink? I just gave you no, the answer. No, but that's, that's, but that's all, what I'm like... saying though. Like in the same context, are they? I mean, well, then they're wrong for that. It's not okay. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't refer to people's eyes as chinky. Like, and when I hear other people say it, I'm like, Do you want somebody to say you have nigga lips? Like, don't say they have chinky eyes. It's not okay. So meth, she she coming for your neck, bro. I mean, just right. so you know, just meth. fix yourself. Fix, fix yourself, meth, method man. <laughs> so what? What? Out of curiosity, man, what does everybody watch on Netflix or have y'all seen? So we can wrap this up, man. Yeah, I've been uh, keeping up with Better Call Saul and Fear the Walking Dead comes on tonight. I haven't been doing too much Netflix. I do want to watch War Machine though. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've been watching the second season of Master and I it's definitely Oh yeah. It I think right now it's my favorite show on Netflix. Like I actually like it more than um Dear White People right now. Interesting. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on your bandwagon again. But <laughs> but yes, I agree. Um I think that there's an examination of race there from a from another perspective other than black or white people that mm-hmm. we've yet to acknowledge on a macro level that's really important. And even in terms of talking about Asian people, I'd say that like South Asians have even less of a voice than East Asians. So mm. I think that that is an amazing show, and I love what he's doing there. Mm. It is a really Yang. dope um, Thanksgiving episode with um, I forgot her name. Her last name Denise, is the character Denise. Yeah, Denise. That, that yeah. was my favorite. 
Yeah, it has um Angela Bassett in it too, and basically it's about well Denise and Aziz, well he's called Dev in this show. Um, they basically go to Thanksgiving over several years, starting from like 1995 to like 2017. Nice. In the show, Denise is gay. So it's kind of about how their lives change and how she comes out to her mother and stuff like that. Nice. But it's but it it definitely feels like a Spike Lee film, like that uh, mm. that episode. I, I you know what I, I I watched the first episode of Master of None and, and never went back to it. Not because I didn't like it, but I just forgot to go back to it. I really I can, need to. Fuck with, with me, it. I, it's like I pick out what episodes I like. Like I for me, Master like the first season, like the. The episode with the parents is like mm-hmm. super dope. Like somebody told me about that, and that's like the first one I watched, and that's how I got on it. Mm. So there will it isn't like dear it's like White. watching Atlanta. Yeah, it's like there's certain episodes like like the Atlanta jail episode was really amazing, right. but there also be like regular episodes too, where it's just him dealing with his baby moms. Yeah. So a lot of it is just like Aziz dating or Aziz like trying to be professional. Uh, South Asian, but it's also like they'll have little bottle episodes, like the Thanksgiving one. He has like a religion one about being like a Muslim, mm-hmm. um, culturally as a, as opposed to like spiritually. Yeah. I like that one too. Okay, yeah, that's like a really dope. And the parents one from the first season is like great. Like his, I think those are his real parents, mm-hmm. like in the show. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. they're like they're hilarious because <laughs> like you could tell they're not act, they're like not actors at all. His mom is like super deadpan, right. Is his is his uh cousin Harris in it in the show um, any? I don't know. I don't think so though. Uh, he's done a couple jokes with his cousin. He he has a cousin funny. in the show, but I don't think that's his cousin Harris. Okay. But yeah, that is funny because um I just saw what on Instagram or something like that. His parents took a pic with like Jay and Beyonce. Jay and Beyonce, yeah, yeah that was, was pretty sweet. Yeah, I did funny. see that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Um, I did think of something that I've been watching on Netflix. Fucking chewing gum. I don't know why I didn't think hey. of that. I th- I was a little disappointed at how short the second season is, mm. but um, chewing gum is just you know, like you know, black girl magic is a thing, and chewing gum is just a reminder that, like I said, there's a million different ways to be black, and oh, we are doing this black girl magic shit all over the world. So, right. shout out to you, Michaela Cole. Nice. I hope that they remake um, the. I can't even think the Nina Simone movie <laughs> with someone who was not Zoe Saldana. <laughs> I would love, I would love to see Michaela Cole play Nina Plays Simone. Nina Simone, ooh, interesting. Mm. Okay, it's uh, been it's been said she she's she, look, she looks she just looks like, like her, her yeah. and she yeah. said that so she's like mm-hmm, I've known for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, she does look just like her. Well, I'm in the middle of my binge for House of Cards season nice. five, and. I like the show, but it's starting to feel kind of weird with everything that's going on in the White House and all the scandals going on there. It's just like, I don't know if I should still be rooting for Frank's character because it's kind of like shit Trump would be doing. Right. But, um, I mean, it's solid so far, though. Nice. I think I let go of House Cards at season three. It just, mm-hmm. it just started getting a little too weird mm-hmm. back then for me, even before, you know pre-Trump. So, you know. Yeah, um, I I can't wait to jump into Bloodline season three. So that's my that's next up for me. I'm a huge fan of that show, Bloodline. So, anyway, guys, thanks for sticking with us this episode, dear white people. Um, sorry for the hiatus we've been gone so long. We're gonna try to mitigate that. And did I use the right word properly? It probably wasn't right, was it, Lizzie? It, it was mitigate. fine in this context. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So um, anyway, man, you guys can follow us on the gram at Kinda Movie Critics, and that is also uh, on Facebook at Kinda Movie Critics. Kind is K I N D A, uh, or on Twitter, Kinda Movie Crits. And um, 
and crits is C-R-I-T-S. And send us some emails, man, or interact with us, man. Like, like, like this episode. If you're listening to it, I challenge you right now to like it on SoundCloud. Or like some of the ones that you've liked before. Like, yeah. so people can see that we exist and yeah, get aboard this fun train that you're riding. Right, man. We need some reviews on iTunes, all that, man. Come, come on board, man. Show us that the kind of movie critics army is out there. The nerds army is out there. So I guess it's the official sign off, man. We call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are. We kind of aren't. Just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.